Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Trade deadline day. <laughs> we made it to the deadline. Everybody's still standing. There are a lot of people traveling, headed to different locker rooms after a blockbuster trade deadline day that involves Isaiah Thomas leaving Cleveland in a package deal, going to the Los Angeles Lakers. Seku Smith from the Hangtime Podcast here at headquarters in Atlanta, fresh off the NBA TV set with my partner on the side set today, Eric Pincus, Bleacher Report, Basketball Insiders, the Cap Master, Capologist himself. Glad to have you here in the studio, Eric. And of all the teams that would be involved in this blockbuster deal, we get a Lakers-Cavaliers deal. How shocked were you that it went down and what do you make of the details? Uh, I'm not shocked. And you hear a lot of stuff in my in my line of work, and you don't know what to give credence to. I had heard that Isaiah was basically viewed as persona non grata over in Cleveland. It was not working. And I knew that there was a connection with Channing Frye because Luke Walton played with him in Arizona. And expiring contracts, I know how badly the Lakers wanted to get there. And, and I had heard for all the way back to the summer that they were confident that they could move Clarkson when they needed to for a first-round pick. And there was a lot of doubt and a lot of question. And if you asked me yesterday, Yesterday, I'd be like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like they can because it, it, the only team that was really offering a first was Cleveland. I mean, may, maybe the Spurs, not not to the Lakers, but maybe you could got maybe you could have gotten a first out of the Spurs. I don't know. Teams hold on to those like you know so tightly. Yeah, uh, tickets. Great move for the Lakers. I think it's a great move for the Cavs. Yeah, seventeen teams, ten trades, twenty five players, all of it in that flurry, the hours before the deadline. Some people would argue that the biggest name moved happened before today, Blake Griffin. I don't know. If, I mean, I, I think you could make a, a strong case for that. But to me, the Cavaliers reinventing themselves, Eric, is the is the one takeaway I'll have from this year's trade deadline, because I think that's the move and the series of moves that they made that will be the most impactful around the league based on what it does for them in the immediate you know, future and what it does long term for the Cavaliers. Right. Uh, the there's a big question what's going to happen with LeBron James. Obviously, we don't know. He may leave. He may stay. If they continued on the path they were on, he was out of there, right? You could see how miserable he was with the situation there. So now if he's going to go, you could just lay down and die, right? You know, like, or you could fight. And you have a shot now to compete against the Warriors. Is it enough to get past the Celtics, the Raptors, anyone else? Maybe. Is it enough if you do to go get past the Golden State Warriors? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But you've got to fight. You you can't just quit. And I like that the Cavs didn't show quit. They didn't just make one move. They made a lot of moves. They changed the chemistry. They give that group new hope. And it's it's like when there's a problem, problems are part of life, right? If we don't have problems, we don't grow. We don't learn. 
And they build trust. They build family. They build um, just that bond through adversity. The players feel heard. The ones who are left, the ones, yeah, the ones who are moving, the ones. <laughs> yeah, the ones I don't know about that. Uh, but LeBron feels heard. Uh, right. every, they they give us our best chance. If it doesn't work now, it's on the players, it's on the coach, but it's not on the front, front office. office. Right. Just to run through the specifics of the deals, the Cavaliers completely overhauled the roster with three trades. They get Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., George Hill, and Rodney Hood from Utah, and they open up roster spots as well to put them in a prime position come buyout market time. They send Isaiah Thomas, Channing Frye, Amon Shumpert, Jay Crowder, and Dwayne Wade all. Dwayne Wade leaves in a deal back to Miami. So they get all those guys out of that Cleveland locker room. Start over, younger, fresher. Six players with an average age of 30.3 years, you know, for those older players and come up with guys who are 26.5 years old. So it's a much younger group of guys you're bringing in, better defenders, and you kept the Nets pick. Kobe Altman, I'm not saying he should go dancing down the hallways and thumping his chest, but we certainly know what kind of tone he set early on in his tenure as GM there, that he's going to be a guy who's super aggressive, Eric, and unafraid to take the risks necessary to be great. That's what you have to do. And we don't know where they go. LeBron could still leave. And by not giving up that Nets pick and still improving, they still have a really important piece. We don't know how the Nets are going to do. We don't know where they land in the lottery. But if they get Aiton... Right, they get young guys. Right, there's the Bagley. There's you know you we can go down the Even list. Even if Michael Porter were to fall, right? I mean, which would be a huge. There's talent, yeah. Trey. There's there are pieces here. Sexton. There yeah. there's a lot of places you can go. Doncic, 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 yeah, right. he ends up trying. Right. Exactly. So there, there's all kinds of if you can get one of these core pieces, and then you add that to Larry Nance and Clarkson, and then you re-sign Rodney Hood, and gradually you get out of the Tristan Thompsons and the J.R. Smiths. You're you're going in a different direction. They've got a leg up now. So he jump-started their future. Well, they did by getting the Nets pick, right, with the Kyrie trade, right? Kyrie was out of there anyway. He was going to be on, yeah. And and they lost their pick, which even if it's like 20 or 25, right, their goal is to get better. So let's say they climb up and they finish at 25. They're good, right? 25 pick, yeah, you would like to have the 25th pick. But if you don't, you're going to be all right. But to have that fifth pick, fourth pick in this draft, seventh pick even, you might be able to get some. So they've got a future. Hood's a nice player. Clarkson's a nice player. Larry Nance, these guys I know well. Nance and Clarkson from covering them since they came in the league. Really good guys. Nance is probably the best guy, one of the best guys in the entire league as far as just. And Clarkson's a great, really good scorer, uh, hard worker. You got no problems there. Good people. Character guys, yeah. What's your impression? And and I know we talked about it on the live trade deadline show on NBA TV. What's your impression of the job Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka have done, given the context that when they came in, there were a lot of people, you know, front office guys. I heard coaches talking about it. Certainly guys in our business just wondering, neither one of these guys has the experience to run a front office. But they've done some quality work when you look at the moves they've made and just how aggressive they've been. Much like Kobe Altman, they have not come in with blinders on or apprehensive at all about making big-time moves. Well, they came in. Magic came in before Rob and said, we're going to trade Lou Williams and we're going to get a first back. And they did that, right? So uh, it's a... It's an aggressive approach. Then they bring in Rob, and they say, okay, we're going to go out there, and we're going to trade D'Angelo Russell. Now, a lot of Laker fans at the time were very upset about that, right? So Mozgov 
you got off a terrible contract, you get Brooke Lopez, former All-Star, and you get the pick that basically became Kyle Kuzma, right? Well, look who else got traded today in the draft class, right? Alfred Payton got traded for a second rounder, right? Emmanuel Moutier got traded for McDermott. At least McDermott's a decent player, but are they going to resign him? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe so, but I think that what the Lakers got is like a treasure trove compared. So it, there's, I'm a big believer, you know, from my perspective as a, as someone who looks at the salary cap, it's better to do something too early than to do something too late. The Lakers sold too early on D'Angelo Russell. The verdict is still out. He may be a high-impact player. He may not be. We've seen flashes when he's healthy in Brooklyn. Uh, but now they're in a position to go after two max guys. Again, they may not stick the landing. Paul George may not come. LeBron may not come. It may blow up in their face. But they said that this is what we're going to do, and they've done it to this point, right? And they didn't have these two max spots as of a few hours ago, they only had the one, and to get to the two was so hard, they, they probably couldn't have done it. it. It just, by the time you're trying to meet with LeBron and get, if you don't, if you're not there, if you don't already have Paul George in your pocket, how do you get LeBron? So exactly. they're, they're in a better position now. Eric Pink has joined us here on the Hang Tight Podcast on a wild and crazy NBA trade deadline day. So many people talked about the salary cap implications and how that would affect the, de- the trade deadline. I didn't feel like it was the hindrance that a lot of people thought it would be for the teams who were hell-bent on making moves and changing their franchises in whatever way they could. I just I didn't feel that pressure today like I thought we would. Well, I mean, a lot of teams, there are, there are a few teams over the tax, right? Most of the teams, uh, about half the league was under the cap. They don't. A lot of them didn't have a lot of spending power. Uh, we saw Washington, uh, they didn't make a huge move, but they... They got Sheldon Mack out to trim a little. Portland was able to trim out uh, a player to get rid of um, of uh, Noah Vonley to get out of the tax there. Uh, but I think the big issue looking ahead is that there won't be a lot of cap room ahead this summer, right? There, we two years ago we had about twenty seven million. Sorry, about twenty seven teams with cap room. This last year we had about sixteen, and then coming to this next year, I predict there'll be about eight teams with cap room, and that could all change obviously with trades. Like the Kings now have like forty something million when they had like twenty something million, but they're not a destination. But there aren't a lot of uh, really high impact places. Atlanta's going to have cap room, but are they going to be looking to sign big time vets and give out big time contracts? The answer is probably no. They probably are in a longer process. Same with the Bulls, other than keeping Zach Levine. They're probably not ready to go and say, okay, we're going to go invest a ton of money. Maybe, maybe not. And so um, I thought that, like I said, if you asked us yesterday, most teams that you know, I would reach out to, I know DA, who is our, our insider here, he say it's pretty dead. And I had heard it's pretty dead. That's what I've been hearing. I talked to a GM earlier today before we went on air and I asked him, I said, do you, do you think this is going to be a wild and crazy day? He said, there'll be a handful of deals maybe. He says, we have one minor deal that may or may not get materialize. Let me update our trade day, our, our trade deadline day stats for you. Twelve trades, twenty-eight players, and the twelve trades are tied for the most on deadline day over the last thirty years. I mean, so we I stand corrected from just a few minutes ago because I mean, so much of this is dependent on one team pulling the trigger on something, and then that other team that you're dealing with, what dominoes fall after that. You mentioned it at the top of the, the podcast here. 
the Lakers and Cavaliers, the minute they made that deal, that just, sends a shockwave around the absolutely. league to other people that, hey, there are deals to be made. Well, I mean, there was a, a question of would the, the Cavs go for DeAndre, right? Or would they go for a Tyreek Evans? You start now the, the market for Tyreek Evans, if, if it's the Cavs, out. DeAndre, that option's out. And so teams start to make these moves. And slowly but surely, teams start to panic and say, if we don't make our move now, we're going to miss out. Yeah. And and then they went for it. I, we, we, we were all gathered around in our pre-production meeting, and I yelled out, What's, I'm going eight for the over-under. Uh, and, and at eight, I, I, everyone took under. I was the only. I, I, they thought I was crazy coming in at eight trades, but, <laughs> right. but uh, ultimately, uh, they went what twenty two. How many trades? How many trades? Twelve trades. Twelve trades. Twenty eight. Twenty eight players. Yeah, which I didn't. It didn't feel like it was that busy of a day. Maybe because the Cavaliers were involved in so many of the deals. Um, the sending way way back, you know, to to Miami was just. Something I didn't even think about at the start of this right. day. It's, uh, it's a, it's a, it, it made for good TV for us. I felt I, we had a lot to talk about. We did not have, uh, we didn't have to sit there and say, uh, yeah, nothing's yeah. going on. <laughs> uh, so that's good. It gave us something to talk about. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, Eric, I appreciate it. I know you're swamped and busy. Um, you probably got ten more things to do before you get out of the building tonight. And I know I'll see you at shoot around potentially tomorrow for that reinvented Cavaliers team. I don't even know who's going to show up for yeah, shoot around, seriously. but it's going to be very interesting to see how this thing plays out. Uh, we got to get you on to talk more come summertime and free agency to really break some of this stuff down for the listeners, man. But Eric Pinkus, Bleach Report, Basketball Insiders, Superstar Capologist, joining <laughs> us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Anytime. Normally, we would take a little time and break down just some minutiae, some of the numbers, some of the crazy stuff that floats through the mind of John Schumann with the Schumann stat here on the Hangtime Podcast. But, Schu, I'm going a different direction today. I, I kind of want your takeaway from today's deadline moves. What grabbed your attention? What do you look at and say this is something that, that could be a, a little more than just a, a minor move maybe going forward the last stretch of this regular season? Well, I mean, it's hard not to focus on the Cavs. And- yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys talked about it already, but I'm I'm impressed that how how much they were able able to upgrade their roster without trading the Brooklyn pick, you know, and they were willing to do so, or they were able to do so by you know taking some future salary off the Lakers' hands and taking some future salary off the Kings' hands, and so they, that's that's the sort of the price they pay. And if LeBron James stays beyond this summer, that's fine. You know, if he leaves, then you know we can talk about those salary commitments they made here at the deadline at that point and and how they affected the Cavs down the stretch you know we'll have hindsight to to benefit us in, at that point but I, I like it you know I think and especially if you talk about defense I think you know George Hill is probably the biggest piece that they got as far as an upgrade you know when you're just talking about you know what they had in Isaiah Thomas right now which was a guy who is not doing what he could do offensively and then obviously was a was a, a defensive liability George Hill as we know has has been a part of some great defensive teams um mostly in Indiana but also uh in Utah last season Shoot, do you think and this is just kind of us forecasting what could potentially happen for Isaiah Thomas in LA do you think Bringing him off the bench would make sense in on that team. Do you think that blows up that situation, or do you have to give him the ball and let him kind of showcase himself a little bit now that he's going to be playing in a Lakers uniform? I don't know. I don't know if it matters. Like, I mean, we're if we're talking about the Lakers. I think they traded for Isaiah Thomas because he's an expiring contract, not because right, not he's... because they want to. 
Right. Making so, a part of their long I mean, I future. haven't even thought like what kind of an impact he's going to have on the floor just because, I mean, that's not the point of the trade for them, you yeah. know, like, yeah. so yeah, it would be good to see him get an opportunity to play 30 minutes a game and build up his, you know, and, and find his rhythm and, and become, you know, or, or make his way towards becoming the player he was in Boston again. But I don't think that's the priority for LA and um and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, you yeah, know. Yeah. I, as far as the Cavs also like I, I think the Nance piece is really interesting for the Cavs and that's like the one I'll be curious to watch the most down the stretch. Sure. Um I think Fry is a piece like we think of Fry, oh yeah, he's an expiring contract that they sent out. Um but if you look at the minutes that like uh Channing Frye played with LeBron. I mean, that was a matchup that was hard for a lot of teams to defend, especially in the playoffs. Especially um, if you look like their offensive numbers were at their best when Frye and LeBron were on the floor together. And and so I think when you have a guy that huge um, and who can get his shot off quickly, I mean, he has a real he like over the years his his release has become really quick. And so he's such a, 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 a sort of a lethal player offensively when you've got a, a player like LeBron um, passing him the ball just because he's so big and he can shoot really quick. There's hard there's it's a hard to 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 get in, you know, to contest his shot if you give him any space whatsoever. And against LeBron, you know, like he's going to take advantage of any kind of space that you give a guy like Channing Fry. So I think. That I think Fry shouldn't be just thought of as an expiring contract in that deal. I think he's a piece that the Cavs could miss in some in some big playoff moments. Like he really helped them in those minutes where sort of LeBron was on the floor with with the bench, uh, you know, span you know early second quarter, early fourth quarter, in a lot of big playoff games. Yeah, is there is there a minor deal, something maybe that wasn't as high, you know, screaming at everybody, blaring? On, on the radar today that that stuck out to you I, i'm looking at some of the the bit players who got moved or not bit players but role players guys who aren't star, superstars or anything close to it but but a quality player starters in the league and i'm you know those are the guys to me that always i'm looking for on deadline day just to see if that's one of those moves that makes a bigger impact than people imagine i think alfred payton getting moved after all this time in Orlando. Yeah, it's interesting that Orlando punted on Alfred Payton, you know, before he became a restricted free agent. You know, he's a guy who's improved a little bit over the years, but I just still don't see him as a starting point guard in this league. You know, he's not a great defender. Um, you know, their defense has been pretty terrible this year, and he's he's a reason why he doesn't shoot one stat like he barely shoots from the outside. Like if you look at guards who have taken at least 200 shots this year, the only guard quote unquote guard that has taken a, a lower percentage of his shots from outside the paint than Alfred Payton is Ben Simmons. So like we're talking a guy that, you know, his field goal percentage is, has, has jumped and he's got a high, he's, he shoots like 52% or 51%, which is good for a guard. But most of that is just coming from inside the paint. Like right. he's not spacing the floor for you. So I'll be curious as if Phoenix holds on, you know, they're they're light at the point guard position at this point. So maybe they are willing to to pay him. I would ask him to cut his hair cuz I don't be- I can't believe that <laughs> he's still on his that. hair doesn't get in the way when he's shooting. You know, it's not in his field of vision. Didn't keep him from getting um, traded. Huh? Said so didn't keep another team from trading for him. Well, I mean, they gave up what, like a second round pick, like like the, the it was they had like three second round picks, and they gave Orlando like the the second, you know, the middle of the three picks. Come on, I mean, 
they barely, you know, gave up anything for <laughs> you him. You think it's because of his hair? <laughs> no, I was like, I, if you look at his hair, like, I don't see how it, it has, it blocks his field of vision. Like, he can't look up. So how does not affect, how does that not affect your jump Shoot, shot? you're bald-headed. How would you know? You don't have any hair. You're like me. Well, that's the point. Well, what, I mean, what? and all right, I, sh- I probably shoot better than Alfred Payton from the outside. But I will say, for a couple of minor deals that, that um, could help playoff teams, one, I think um, Denver getting Devin Harris um, for basically Emmanuel Moutier. Moutier has been, like, if you look at Moutier's minutes, yeah. Denver's been terrible when Moutier's been on the floor. So they've been looking for, uh, I think they they were pretty, they were in pretty desperate need for a backup point guard to help them. You know, when Jamal Murray sits, I mean, they don't really have a, a true point guard, really, if you think about it, with, yeah. with Jamal Murray uh, there being their starting point. So Harris gives them um, some playmaking, a little bit uh, more of a steady steady guy coming off their bench as they try to keep their playoff spot. The other one was really minor, but Luke Babbitt going to Miami. Babbitt's actually a, a pretty good floor spacer, and he was a good – he gave them good minutes last season. When they were on that um, run, right? this yeah. season – Early this season, he gave the Hawks good minutes. Like, right. if you looked, you know, they had a decent starting lineup early uh, at one point in the season. I think, um, I forget who got hurt that where Babbitt took over in the in the starting lineup. I think Justice early in Winslow the season. was out early and he, he went in um, at some point. Well, I'm talking before Atlanta. Atlanta, he actually had some good minutes early in the yeah. season and then sort of got forgotten as, as guys came back healthy. Right, um, right. And which is fine. Like he was on a small expiring deal. They didn't have any reason to, to sort of keep him yeah. um, to keep playing him. But I think he's sort of a minor thing. And Miami obviously needs depth with all the injuries that they've had. Sure. Um, and so and, and, you know, they could they could use a little bit more shooting other than just hoping that Wayne Ellington could make all those shots that, you know, his 10 threes per 36 minutes or whatever that he attempts. So. Right. Um, I think that's a little minor deal. I think it can help Miami um, as they try to hold on to a playoff spot. They've quickly sunk from from fourth in the East to seventh, um, and so they're they're holding on a, but it's, a little it's bit. It's Wade County again, man. What are you talking about? That's true. I, I'll you know we'll see. Uh, I assume he's got to be he's got to be the, you know they're starting two guard right now, and and uh, hopefully that doesn't cut into Josh Richardson's minutes because Josh Richardson has been excellent for right. for the Heat. Um, if you're going Dragic and you got, you know, you this is your team finally. You got, you know, you kind of out <laughs> from under the the weight of, you know, the Dwayne Wade, you know, legacy. And now you make an all-star team. You got things going in the right direction. Here comes Wade again. I just yeah. thought that was kind of strange. I'd be curious to see how, how going Dragic adjusts to having Dwayne Wade back in the mix and, and whether or not it's still his team or does Wade come back and hold sway. Yeah, I mean that was the one that surprised me the most. I didn't realize Wade didn't want to be in Cleveland anymore. You know, like uh, sounds like somebody in Cleveland didn't want Wade in Cleveland anymore necessarily. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I know he, there was some friction with him coming in and 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 J.R. Smith. You know, sort of um, at first losing his starting job, but then getting it back. But I think, yeah, obviously there was some friction with in, in that sort of situation where. Smith, J.R. Smith wanted, you know, was a little upset that they wanted to bring in Dwayne Wade. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that came out of the blue to me. Like that was the one that drew the the verbal reaction from me when I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> Everything else was like, oh, okay, wow, that's you know, that's good. And then the Wade one was like, whoa, you know, that was out of left field. Yeah, it's just a 
Trade deadline always brings uh, different things. Sometimes a flurry of activity, sometimes not so much. I I am very pleased. I, I'm going to be sleeping <laughs> well after a trade deadline that had 12 trades, 28 players, and was the busiest trade deadline we've had the last 30 years. That's, that's impressive. I will take it. I will take it. Um, yeah, and then it gives us, you know, uh, I think the the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be really fun just because the Cavs are different this year. Um, and, you know, you know, Kevin Love's not coming back till late March, early right. April at the, at the earliest, right? So we're not going to know what this Cavs team is, no. you know, going into the first round. It's yeah. still going to be sort of a, um, you know, they're going to be, you know, mixing and matching uh for the rest of the season and then once glove comes back things that things change quite a bit and then obviously toronto uh and boston are better than they were last year so i think that's going to be interesting and and washington hopefully john wall comes back healthy and and is a better player than he was earlier this season and and washington makes things interesting too yeah i'm looking forward to it john schumann as always on the hang time podcast with schumann statue appreciate you brother see you in la next week at all-star all right all right man John Schumann sharing the knowledge as always. Eric Pincus rocking with us on the Hangtime Podcast this week from Bleach Report and Basketball Insiders. GA is on the road somewhere in the wind. Um, I'm not sure what the heck he has going on, but uh, we will punt bragging rights this week and be back next week when, when GA is around. Appreciate you joining us. If you haven't already, subscribe to Hangtime on Apple Podcasts for new episodes all season long. Don't forget to leave a review. We will see you next time on the Hangtime Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, say Kuna Matata.